Hey everyone, it's Nigel here. I just wanted to let you know that what you are about to hear is a rewind from a recent episode of our live stream series, Casual Conversations with Comic Creators. It's something we started earlier in the year and a chance for me to have monthly conversations with different comic creators as I look to highlight the human behind the art form. Make sure you follow us on Twitch as we'll be doing this series and other live stream events on a monthly basis. And some of them we'll put on the audio podcast feed too. And one last note, Tazzy and I will be taking a recording break over July. So you'll be seeing a few more Rewind episodes before we start recording again from August until the end of the year. But we do have a mid-season live stream on Saturday the 16th of July where we'll be talking about some of our favourite stories of the year so far with the My Matter team and other great guests. Alright, I think those are all the programming notes I've got for now. Let's continue with the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode. It is episode three of our new series, Casual Conversations with Comic Creator. It's the My Matter show where we speak to different comic creators about their journey, the work they do and the craft of storytelling. So the aim of this series is to showcase the human behind the art uh, as we find out and delve into each person's story. Uh, so I am the Mayamata co-founder Nigel and today I am speaking with Marius Smuts. Welcome to the show. Hiya. So for those that don't know, Marius is, uh, is a lot of things, a lecturer, filmmaker and comic creator who publishes under MSP. Uh, originally from South Africa and now in London, he has made various short and feature films, which is how we met, that have been shown at different film festivals internationally. But he also makes comics. That's why we're here today. And that's how you got into storytelling. So uh, comic storytelling. So we're going to get into that because you have different bits of work, work that I've been in. So we're going to touch on that um, as well yeah. as new work that you're currently you currently have in production so yeah welcome and uh how are you first of all uh, i'm good i'm great thank you and uh, thank you for having me uh, had a fairly nice day had a nice walk down by the river um here in bexley heath it's all good cool nice yeah i, I was saying because our last conversation um last month was with uh someone else who uh, i know from like the the comic scene hadn't met in a while sure it's like this show is like fast becoming uh, just an excuse for Nigel to meet someone uh, that he hasn't <laughs> been in touch with for a while. So uh, we checked that box uh, this month as well. Mm. And yeah, we're going to get into a, a bunch of things because I know a, like a bit about your work. Like I said, I've been involved in some of your work, but we want to kind of unpack like how you got to where you are uh, as well as talk about some of the stuff that you're working on. So do you want to... Actually, first of all, you're you're originally from South Africa. Let's address that. Let's talk about the accent here and, and yeah. <laughs> deal with that uh, first. And so, you were born in South Africa. I'm gonna. Yes, I was born and raised in uh, Randburg, well, Fontainebleau, mm. uh, which is when you meet people in England, uh, you usually say, "I'm from Johannesburg," because everybody knows Johannesburg. Yeah, we they don't that. necessarily. They don't know the suburbs around. So I'm from a very suburban area, lots of houses, um, uh, just on the outskirts of the city, really. 
So I grew up uh, there, started collecting comics or buying comics when I was about eight to nine years old. Uh, we used to go on holiday in a place called Durban by the coast, and they had like a spinner rack with some comic books. And uh, this is by the coast. So in South Africa in December, it's really warm. So Christmas is very hot. So we spend Christmas by the beach. It's not like here where it's really cold or other snowy countries. <laughs> yeah. So my dad and my mom used to give me some money. So I'd go buy myself some comics. I'd run down to the shop, uh, go get some comics. And I'd just read the same books over and over. And then basically I've been collecting since then. I moved over to England when I was 18, so just after high school. And uh, I lived in London for a couple of years with a bunch of my friends in uh, Leytonstone before I ended up going to university in Cornwall where I studied film. And then I did a master's degree in television production, yeah. Okay, but you went to university in Cornwall? Yes, yeah, and Falmouth, oh. Falmouth University, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? I so, always, yeah, no, it's, 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 I always learn something about people. <laughs> I didn't know you went to university in Falmouth. Yeah, no, it's oh man, Falmouth was a blast. I wish I could move back down there. Um, you know, it was so so cool. Uh, I had the really really great time. Uh, so much so that I ended up doing my masters straight after because I was like, oh, I just want to stay in uni for another year. It's an excuse to stay down by the coast. And yeah, it was a cool vibe. You know, Falmouth is a beautiful little town. There's lots of artists there and uh, beaches. You know, it's just a really, really nice lifestyle. Yeah, I've not been, but I uh, recently yeah. met a professor in, or he used to be uh, a professor at uh, Falmouth University and recently left to work at Ubisoft. So um, okay. had, like cool like game scene and I was part of the yes. event there. It seems It seemed quite forward-thinking in that way. Yeah. I mean, they've got a good uh, visual effects department, and the film certainly at that time was really good, and now as well. I mean, now I'm a lecturer. I lecture film, and uh, some of my students have... Uh, I, I lecture at college, so uh, FE level. So some of my students uh, that do film with me have gone down there to... Uh, do their degrees in film as well. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, you mentioned sort of coming over from uh, South Africa and getting involved in comics there. What is mm. the, the comic scene like in South Africa? Was there, are there a lot of comics or is this something you had to like search out? No, I think people, um, this was the 90s, right? When I was growing up. Like, so in the beginning, uh, when I was very little, when I was 10 years old, 1993, like you would find them in like corner shops and off licenses and you know that sort of thing. Uh, but probably when I was twelve, we started getting lots of comic book shops. You know, like the 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 comic book scene exploded, like it did in America and other countries. We started getting comic book stores. Uh, I mean, there were two in within driving distance of where I grew up, and obviously manga and anime and all of that stuff just started coming out really this is like i'm talking about the late 90s the first time some of my friends came to england for holiday uh, to london and they brought back like akira on vhs and mm-hmm. ghost in the shell and ninja scroll and okay, all of that classic. but uh the community that i grew up in in south africa and you know the comics were 
easy to access and people were the geek scene was there people were playing games like you know magic the gathering yeah. and um pokemon and those sort of things were like they are commonplace there i would I, you know it is suburbia and any other type of like any other suburban area that you get these people who are into these little cliques and into you know comics yeah, yeah. So it's not as hard as you would think. I mean, I, I went back on holiday in 2018 and where I was staying at my aunt's house, uh, we went to, there's a massive comic book store there as well. And it was so cool just to go there. And like, there was like a, um, a charity shop, two shops down that had a whole box full of comics. So yes, you can access them. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Did you have any favorites yeah. growing up? Like favorite characters, series? The first things I bought when I was like eight, uh, when I was little were, um, let's say Richie Rich, uh, oh. Casper, and then obviously like Green Lantern, some Batman stuff. When the X-Men cartoon series came out, I forget when it came out. Maybe it was 94. Must have been the, the animated series. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love the animated series. Or, or was it 92? I can't remember. But so when that came out, Everybody, like my friends, we all got into uh, Wolverine. And so then I became more into uh, Marvel comics. So it was all about X-Men and Wolverine for my teen years. And it's only when I when I moved to England that I started uh, looking at everything. You know, uh, I got more into some, a lot of DC titles. And then, you know, when, when I moved to England, it was easier to get access to uh, key issues, more valuable issues, and I was working, and I didn't have anything to really spend my money on. So I would buy like these expensive comics that I've always wanted, you know, like mm. uh, or what I would say was expensive in my early twenties, like the first, <laughs> yeah, first appearance of Gambit, my first appearance of Mister uh, um, Mister Jubilee, you know these. They're not super expensive comics, but it's the first time I could put down like 20, 30 pounds on a comic when I was like uh, in my early 20s or yeah. 18, 19, around there. Yeah. Mm, so, nice. But now, now I, if I buy something, now I'll buy manga, I, uh, Junti Ito stuff. Um, yep. Yeah, I read a really cool manga called uh, The Girl by the Shore, you know, just like everything. So I like to read nice. everything. Yeah. Yeah. If something, I like good artwork and sometimes I like really good uh, horror comics as well, like dark stories. I guess that helps in terms of like creating, like taking in that inspiration from different sources. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other day, what did I watch? Uh, I watched like a, 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 a horror movie from the 1950s. Uh, it's called The Manster. And it's it's set in Japan, and it's about this guy who grows a second head, but it's like a B-movie, a 1950s B-movie. And I was like, I started coming up with ideas. I was like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if my characters from my comic, uh, Sarah Sorcery, battle like these type of universal monsters like Werewolf and Mummy and, you know, the classic yeah, yeah. universal type ones or, uh, you know, like, because, you know, because I'm into film as well, so... I really like all the horror movies and not just stuff from the 80s like your Halloween or Friday the 13th, but sometimes I'll put something 
from the 30s, 40s, you know, like really weird B movies, uh, okay. The Creature from the Black Lagoon, you know, just like anything, you know, and it'd be cool. So you can draw from that. And I, for me, when I do comics, I'd be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if my character came into contact with that, you know? Or, exactly, yeah, just pulling in. Or, that. Yeah. Or I'd come up with a, a brand new idea as well, you know, from watching a movie. If I... If I watch like, um, uh, I watched, I spit on your grave and I was like, oh, you know, it'd be cool to do that sort of type of revenge, uh, uh, uh film, mm-hmm. but in a comic form, you know? So, okay. yeah. Have you seen Host? The Host, the Korean movie. N- uh, no, no, the, um, so it's a horror film made during the pandemic by a guy called Jed Shepard. No. What's that about? Uh, so basically, these uh, a group of friends do a Zoom seance. Ooh. That's the pitch. Um, okay, <laughs> you can imagine yeah. the rest from there. But I watch, I watch, I watch one with these cam girls. I forget what that's called. I think it's called Record or REC or something. And it's like about this house with these cam girls, and then yeah, yeah some guy, some guy shows up and starts <laughs> killing them. It's really good. I'm gonna. Uh, I'll send you a link. Uh, uh, host is is really good, and it kind of yeah, the host. Um, yeah, now now Jed's is everywhere in terms of like making films, making games. Um, by the whole journey and yeah. getting into comics. Do you wanna like tell us like how did you get into comics? Because it's in, interesting into making them. Okay, yeah, into making comics. Like take us back. Yeah, and how you how you made it through. Okay, so my whole thing is like I've always collected comics, like I said before, and. But then I went to study film and I did my MA and then I moved to London and I did, uh, the first thing I did was like a project for the Royal Opera House and I worked on a really weird horror movie. And then I worked with you guys on, uh, a few short films, uh, yeah, and commercials. So you guys, cause, uh, to, so you and, you and Jabril. <laughs> so, so yeah, Jabril, the director. Uh, I, I aided, I think, three projects with him, a couple of Walmart commercials, and then the, um, I forget what that short film was made. It's so long ago now. It's like 11 years ago. Do you remember that? It's about a homeless guy who saved somebody. I remember because we had to get, spe- so for, for people watching, um, one of our, we have a mutual friend who's a filmmaker, and yeah. uh, I would <laughs> help out with some of his productions uh, marius who's actually trained in in helping out um was there as well so we met through there so we did this production oh, yeah. where we had to get this space where the story called for someone all i remember was someone being knocked over by a car and i think there's a homeless person who was saving that character and then we needed to get like the whole go through the whole permission to film the process mm-hmm. and i think at one stage like police showed up because they thought someone was actually been. Yeah. <laughs> you know what was cool though that was the first project i worked on that was uh shot on 35 mil because oh. you guys actually shot on proper 35 mil before that uh i worked on a film that we uh i mean i did something that was super 16 for uh shot on super 16 for fashion week that was right. the first film but uh, red usually shoot on red or Alexa, which is more digital, obviously yeah. digital, uh, filmmaking cameras. So that was the first time I shot on something that was 35 mil. So I was like, wow, this is really cool. You know, this is proper, you know, what the movies were shot on before the red and the Alexa came out. But yeah, so I did that. And then 
I also, you know, I've been working on various short films, factual stuff, corporate stuff, music videos, all kinds of stuff throughout the years. And uh, then I wrote and directed a feature film. It was called In Transit. And it was basically about this guy who is in a love triangle with these two girls. But while he's doing that, he also creates a comic book character called Rabbit, uh, which is this character behind me. So so in the process of making the movie, uh, one of my friends, Shan, he drew a lot of art for it. And uh, we made, you know, there was so much cool stuff left over after the movie that I was like, well, you know, I created this character. But I, you know, it was just for this movie. Why don't I actually do something with it? And I ended up writing a comic book script, a 80 page script, because I didn't think, oh, maybe I should just write one issue. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I wrote like an 80 page uh, script for like a graphic novel. And I hired a artist and uh, they drew it for me. And we put it together. It was great. First time ever making a comic. Once I, yeah, 80 pages. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like full color. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, usually the advice is like, start small. Uh, So when we speak to comic creators, they say, like, start small, start with an issue, start with 10 pages. And then I say, we didn't do that because we did uh, 50 pages. And yeah. it was black and white, and you have now one up to me because you did eighty pages and in color. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, like, I didn't before that. Right before that, I had made this film, so that was a feature length movie in transit. You can see it on Amazon Prime. So I made that movie. So I'm already used to long form movies, and then I was like, oh, let me make this comic. But now I can write it like a a hundred million pound feature film you know but when you make a comic the budget's a lot smaller because yeah. you can draw and think about all these crazy ideas but you don't yeah you don't have to limit it to your budget by see uh, locations and special effects and like i mean i've got a guy with a rabbit jumping out of windows with guns and stuff if, if you shot that it would cost millions but to make the comic is a lot more affordable mm. so i made the comic and I was like, okay, cool. How do I distribute it? So I, I think I took it to, what's the comic book store? Not Forbidden Planet in Leicester Square. Is it Orbital? Yes. Yeah, so so they I mean, stopped it for... Uh, yeah, they stopped existing, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they stopped it for a while. And then I started, I, I, I looked into getting a table at a comic convention. Now, obviously, I had a attended comic cons uh, for like 15, 16 years since I've been in England. But that's the first time that I was like, okay, I'm going to get a table. So I got a table, started selling my book, and it was awesome. I, I ran into you there as well because you guys were doing my Amada. Yeah. And then uh, I met so many cool people, like just talking, you know, what it's like at Comic-Con. You talk to the person next to you. Yeah. You meet loads of people. And I did MCM in London, and I did uh, WinterCon in Eastbourne, and I did another Comic-Con in what's it broad stairs and so i met all these people and i was like wow you know it's really cool why don't i make a film about these people and then i ended up making a documentary that i interviewed you for called comic book kingdom so then i interviewed like loads of cool people that i like you know and i think inko and chi they might have done some stuff for you and i uh interviewed uh, kev hopgood 
yeah because we um so back to the what we we're saying about you know starting or not starting small uh, in our case uh our first first idea was to make a anthology essentially uh raise money yeah. on kickstarter we never got the money but we were going to raise money on kickstarter and inko and chie were two of the artists that we were going to work with before that project uh we didn't raise like we raised like 40 percent of our uh 10 grand ask and that's how we met uh inko and chie okay yeah so yeah i mean i i love both of them they're really uh awesome you know uh and they were really cool to interview as well and then i interviewed another guy uh Lawrence Campbell, who's just an amazing artist. He he does like BPRD and like a lot of the Hellboy stuff. And he did this really cool comic called Old Haunts. Amazing art. And we interviewed him. He gave me he actually gave me like the piece that they were draw that he was drawing in the interview because I asked uh, the people that I were interviewing. I'd in- and then I would also film them draw an image or a character and he drew something and he gave me this piece it's still here it's in here i'll I'll see if i can get it out but it's a beautiful piece but he's done wolverine and punisher and loads of stuff and then also kev hopgood is another artist i interviewed he created or he's one of the co-creators of war machine for the avengers and um he's uh worked on iron man uh, and he does loads of indie comics and he's an illustrator and designer as well. So I made this documentary and then I think I got an email from Kev afterwards saying, oh yeah, would you be interested in producing a short film that I wrote? So uh, Kev, the guy who worked for Marvel, I ended up producing three short films with him. I think three. And my wife is a makeup artist, so she ended up doing makeup on all three of these films as well. And then I got the guy, Joao, who shot my feature film uh, in transit. I got him to actually come shoot. Did he do all three? Yes, he did all three of them as well. So I got my team, you know, mm-hmm. the people that worked with me that I've had with me. So we, we, we did those films together. And... Then from there, I just I, I came up with another idea, and that's where I created the Sarah Sorcery comic, which I've done two books of, and I'm currently working on something else right now called Urban Poison. Cool. So you've got different series. Are these separate series, different characters, same universe? How do they work? Originally, the Sarah Sorcery was supposed to be a separate universe. but I, Okay, so I did The Rabbit. Then I did another rabbit book, actually, with my brother-in-law uh, after that, uh, called Sketches and Scripts. And then I did the Sarah Sorcery, The Lady by the Water, which is another graphic novel. I think it's 55 pages or something. And that one's like my favorite book that I've ever created. So, But after that, I did a sequel called The Beast of, Beast of Bodmin, which was a crossover between my Sarah Sorcery character which is a young witch she's a bit like sabrina but based in london and she hunts demons with her friend ling who's like a a warrior and this is the one that's drawn uh manga style so sarah sorcery and then i did a crossover with rabbit in uh called the beast of oddman and yeah so and then yes so after that (laughs) i mean i feel like i'm waffling now but after that i wrote a script which i'm still working on now is like a, a film version of sarah sorcery but more like a, a feature length 
horror movie based on the comic character, based on my own comic character. So I'm working on that right now. And then also uh, my other comic that I am finished with, but having drawn now, we're about, uh, I would say, one third of the way through coloring the art. And that, that that should be finished later in the year. So you've got quite an interesting perspective as a filmmaker because you're so you're a writer and then you work with artists to produce the final yeah. product. So that's the same. Like so, me, I I can't draw, so that's why we get someone who who can, but I can write and put that together. But then you're coming at it from a different angle because you're a filmmaker by trade, by um, training. So I'd like to hear you talk about like creating the comic then making a film, connecting with people in the comics industry, then making a film from them. So it seems like they're quite tied together for you. Are you, have you been able to pull anything from filmmaking in terms of like creating stories that has helped to make your comics? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I didn't think I would enjoy making comics as much as I did. You know, um, Making a film is a very long process, especially if you're writing it and you're producing it and you're planning it, or even if you're working with somebody else, you know, or if you're a producer, it takes a while to get things together and then you shoot and then it's like long hours on the shoot. Then you've got to wait for it to be edited and then you've got to distribute it. It's a much longer, hectic process and there's a lot more people involved, like production designers, you know, getting uh, locations, getting props, getting all of this stuff. But I found when I made a made a comic that I could write a script. I don't have to be limited by budget for locations and sets or the amount of actors or anything like that. I could just write. And then I work straight with a uh, – it's a bit like um, if you're writing a comic, it's a bit like – being a director and a writer at the same time. So I, 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 I'm writing the script and then I'm also... You're placing uh, the camera as well. Yes, I'm placing the camera. I'm saying panel one, panel two, this is what happens. Like I describe panel one, this person... I'm very detailed in my scripts, whereas I've heard other people might just write like a, a bit of a synopsis. Interesting. So do you, uh, you write the panel level? Yes. So I, I write like... Uh, so what I would do is I would describe the panel. I would break it down page one and then panel one, panel two, panel three, and what dialogue would be in each panel and uh, uh, the mood of each panel. Sure, sure. I go to the, maybe not even necessarily the page level. So I'll do, so like when I break down the story, I almost, mm-hmm. I break it down into chapters. Um, yeah. Like chapters in our manga, but like just scenes, let's say we can use that word into scenes. And then I'll do the whole, what happens, who says what, the mood, certain angles, but not necessarily, uh, definitely not at a panel level, but I'll say, like, I think this will take X number of pages. And then our uh, artist, Penali, she'll then basically tell me, is that accurate? <laughs> Do it oh, yeah. in a number of pages, and then I might need to adjust. Yeah. But from there, then she does the panel one, this goes here, and then we go sort of back and forth. So I've never gone into the panel and obviously there's, there's different ways to to make comics but it's just interesting to hear someone else's i mean there's the what they call the marvel method the way stan lee did it. he would write out a synopsis and then the artist would go out and, and draw the whole book and then it come back to him and he would write in the speech bubbles yes so what i would do is i did that 
except for pages where there might be a fight scene, I'd be like panels one to five, they fight. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, then I won't describe too much. And sometimes I'll go as far as, I mean, there's a sequence in uh, Sarah Sorcery where I had this visual sequence in my mind, like uh, it was paying homage to like samurai movies and like uh, spaghetti westerns, you know. I wanted the eyes and even the way I asked the guy to draw it was like cinescope, you know, like it was like the panels were like that. So um, do I have a copy of that? I don't know. But I was – so with that, I actually – found images of the of films that I wanted him to draw into okay, the book. Yeah, reference images. They always help. Yeah. So if you're if you're so you're a writer and then you write the shoppers. So if you're a filmmaker and you're directing something, you're you want to write down the sh- uh, shot list, how you want it to, sh- what angles you want to shoot, and how you want to shoot it. You know mm. how it's going to make the most uh, visual sense. Uh, and then you give it to your artist, and your artist is sort of like the cinematographer or yes. the uh, director of photography, and he's putting it together, and, you know, he's drawing it, he's putting the lighting, he's putting the composition, he's framing it, you know, that sort of thing. So it's it's very closely linked, and the most satisfying part for me is, like, you know, when I, when I work with an artist is getting pages back, mm-hmm. you know, when you get to see what it looks like, what you've asked them to draw. Yeah. Because there's then, that room for interpretation. So you will, yeah. I don't know if you feel this as well, you, you almost like, because you tell the story one way and you get a different version of the story. Yeah. So with the funny, the funny thing related to what you're saying there. So when I would, sometimes I get pages back and I'm like, okay, you know what? This dialogue that I wrote, I'm going to edit it slightly to suit what they drew. Yes. Yeah. And I would, or I would, omit some dialogue or add something else so usually i do the lettering as well so i've taught myself how how to letter because it's pretty straightforward so i do the uh lettering and then all the graphics and stuff on the comics the logos or whatever why not let the artist take care of that of what lettering lettering yeah well usually when you make comics that's a separate job and uh you know a letterer is a letterer and that would just be somebody else that I would have to employ to do something that they could probably do better than me. But if I teach myself, I could save about $15, $20 a page because I think lettering costs like $15, $20 for on amateur or not amateur, but not Marvel DC rates, you know? <laughs> so, so I would uh, do that myself. And, um, uh, also, sometimes I just, you know, when, when I add it in, all I said, I, I want to change the text. I want to change the dialogue a bit and, um, you know, to suit the page better. And then I put it together. So, yeah. In terms of, like, balancing being a filmmaker and also a comic creator, like, what mm. is the balance? How do, you, how do you manage between those two things? And then you're also a lecturer, so you've got a lot of different areas that you're working. There's obvious overlap, but how do you manage, like, what takes priority? Well, things have changed in the last two years. First off, we had COVID. So <laughs> I, was, I, I wasn't really working on any films as much. Also, uh, I had a, we had a, a son who's now two years old. So suddenly I couldn't 
use excuses for weekends. And I'm going to go be making films this weekend. Uh, you know, I, I would, so I lecture Monday to Friday or I work at a college Monday to Friday. And then on weekends, before we had the kid, I used to freelance on weekends or freelance in summer and do little projects, corporate stuff. And I would have the evenings to sit and write and edit. But when you have a, a, a kid, uh, it takes, you, you can't just, I can't just say to my wife, listen, I'm going to go, I'm going to go sit upstairs and write a comic. You watch the kid. You can't do that. So it's easier to write comics, uh, than to make a film at the moment for me. Um, but I'm writing a film and a doing this other comic. And I'm, I actually wrote a short film that I'm going to shoot this summer. Now I forgot about that. I wrote that like, uh, three weeks ago and my brother-in-law does visual effects. So I asked him to do it with me. Yeah. Howard, you've met oh, Howard. Connected to family. Oh yes. I have. Yeah. Yeah. So Howard's going to, I want to do like a type of uh, short horror movie with my nephew acting in it. But that's just something that just a little idea I've had. But uh, um, the feature length uh, script that I'm working on about Zero Sorcery, that I'll, uh, I, I just need to polish it off. But yeah, it, it's difficult to juggle all of these things. You know, I'm hope if, if you're a lecturer, or teacher or anything, you've got a lot of time over summer off. So I'm going to spend this summer finishing off that script, and hopefully by then I'll have all the pages for uh, my new comic as well, so I can put that together and start releasing it digitally and planning for my next Comic-Con. And like, yeah. considering the the amount of change you've had over the past two years, not just with the pandemic, but like mm. uh, a child as well, is are there any like new skills that you've had to learn during this period to just like keep things balanced? Well, there's a lot of uh, well, with teaching, there's a lot of online stuff now, uh, using Teams and whatnot. It's been cool that I'm able to show my son Iron Man and Spider Man and all of these characters because he's two years old now, you know, mm -hmm. time goes by so quick and he's now. He's a, he, he'll watch. Uh, we watched Detective Pikachu the other day. Oh yeah, and uh, he, he's very much into the Studio Ghibli films. Like he likes Kiki, uh, Kiki's Delivery Good Service, case. Spirited Away, and My Neighbor Totoro. Those are the ones he's been watching. And uh, so, you asked me what skills I'm learning. Um, yeah, is it something you've had to learn uh, to pick up, like during the pandemic? Not really. That's that I didn't know before, but yeah, I'd probably use a lot more digital uh, online technology like Teams and Zoom. And now I'm using Discord for the first time. <laughs> so yeah, so, to, uh, to get that set up. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's probably the newest skill. And then taking care of a kid. I mean, I, I assume when skill. you ask, yeah, that's a completely. <laughs> different thing it's it's time consuming that's what i'm saying like for on weekends i could you could literally say oh okay it's weekend now i'm gonna go uh write a script or i'm going to make a film or uh you know i'm gonna go to the comic convention and exhibit you take care of the kid you go do your own thing but like it's it's different when you've got a kid and you have responsibilities. So mm. I can't, like I said before, I can't just say I'm going to go do that unless I can 
with the comic, with my new comic, I've been able to write that and that'll generate income. So if it can generate a lot of in- any income, then it's yeah. a good excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. And yeah. you you mentioned like, uh, you, I guess you're planning to take the new comic and your, your existing comics to conventions now that we're in a space and time where that's more possible. Have you visited any conventions in the past, I guess, six months and do you plan to? I did MCM in November in London, which was great. It was like, uh, I think it was the first one since COVID um, began. And because I, I had a book for the previous year, but then it got canceled due to COVID. And But then this one, it was the most profitable I've had. It was really busy. People just wanted to go out and spend money. And, mm. uh, you know, I love MCM, uh, you know. So I, I went to that just five months ago. And then in February, I went to the London Comic Con. I exhibited there at Olympia as well, which was excellent. I, I was right next to a guy who's really into Pokemon and uh, Monster in My Pocket. Same age as me. So it was quite interesting talking about a lot of stuff, you know. And there was another guy, Peter, that I had been helping, that I helped or I, I advised him on how to create a comic early last year and how to, uh, I, I think I, yeah, I read through his book and gave some advice and what, and I just ran into him for the first time. I'd never met him face to face. Uh, you know, actually a friend of mine who's an actress, she's in like Doom and the new, newest Doom movie. And she's, she's in a few, she's in a few. Uh, did she do something with you? How do I know her? No, 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 not through. Uh, this is through other filmmaking friends, okay, but it doesn't ring a bell. No, no, she, she's a, she's a mate. She did a. We've done a few films together, and her friends. This is her friend's dad, and he, she put us in touch, and we literally met face to face for the first time at this Comic Con at Olympia. So it was really cool, you know, getting to talk to him and you know seeing him face to face and seeing him because I told him, you know, you should start exhibiting at Comic-Cons, and this was his first Comic-Con. So it was cool to actually, you know, see him show up there, and I didn't even know he was going to be there. But I walked past his table when I was setting up, and I was like, oh, Peter, how's it going? I'm married, you know? So <laughs> That's a cool feeling. I don't, I don't yeah. mention that you're looking forward to, like, for the rest of this year. I haven't booked any, um, purely because I said to myself, I want this other book, Urban Poison, to be... Uh, completed before i go to a new another con because the last comic that i wrote and published is probably is two years old now so i don't want to take the same book out and without any new project you know so i'm waiting for this uh, project to be um, finished and so i can print it off and then go to the uh, hopefully mcm if i can I would like to attend uh, MCM in November again, the end of the year, the winter edition. October one, because it, yeah, oh, it's oh. the end, end of May and end of October for MCM. Yeah, October, yeah, the winter one. I, yeah, yeah. so hopefully it's done by then. I think it should be. We're almost halfway through it, so I just need to, yeah. And what is the story about? Uh, well, this, you know, this, again, like when I say I draw, from things that I watch, 
And this is quite dark. <laughs> I watched this documentary about this woman who was assaulted in South Africa in the 1980s, and the perpetrators were never caught. So I watched this, and I was like, oh, you know, what if what if those people that attacked her uh, had dealings with her dad, and her dad was like a, a corrupt mobster, and she, after that, she finds out who it was, and she hunts them down and kills them all. So then, yeah, and then I watched, uh, so I drew inspiration from, uh, I spit on your grave. You know, I don't know if you know that movie, but it's also, it's about a girl based, she, it's a horror movie classic from the, I think it's from the seventies or maybe eighties, but I think it's seventies. Mm. Uh, she gets assaulted and then the whole movie is her hunting down the people. I mean, it's a, it's a trope. It's a cinematic trope. Like You've seen Bill. Kind of. Or the crow, the crow, even the crow is like that, you know, where he, him and his uh, Shelly get killed and then he comes back from the dead and like hunt, spends the rest of the movie hunting down these people. So that's basically it. And it's set in South Africa in the 1980s and early 90s. And it's set by the coast in Durban where I used to go buy comics like, like I mentioned before, like when so cool, uh, we, we would go on holiday. Yeah. yeah. So, and when I, when I came up with this idea, I was like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if it's drawn like 1980s or 1990s, uh, manga style? Because mangas change a lot, you know, from Apple Seed or Ghost in the Shell, Akira, the way those were drawn to what we have now with One Piece and mm. more modern manga. So, my other comic, Sarah Sorcery, was drawn more modern style, you know, beautiful colors, beautiful. You know, I love that book. Uh, but this book, I wanted to make it look like retro. And, you know, I had this, I, I had the soundtrack in my head, you know, I just wanted to be like, look like Akira in the eighties and like, uh, Synth, synth wave music, you know, if it was a movie, you'd, you'd hear a lot of synth and yeah. like she's got a motorcycle, but a cool, like early, like an, uh, uh, early 1990, late 80s, uh, super bike, you know, it's, and it's like her. So you're thinking uh, of film even as you make comics. Yes, exactly. Like if I, I'd love to make it into a film, it'd be crazy. Uh, but she's like, the, the original title for it was called uh, Molly the Maniac because it's this girl, you know, once what, what happens to her, she goes out to commit revenge and she hunts down these people uh, and um, she becomes quite maniacal. Uh, yeah. And do you find, like, because you're not the artist, mm. like, usually a comic creator, I say someone does both the writing and the art, they have a certain style. Like, yeah. how do you determine what kind of style you go with and do you work with different artists or is there like a certain artist you come back to? With Sarah Sorcery, uh, it's always the same artist, Eric, because he's awesome. And when I do another Sarah Sorcery book, which I will, uh, he'll draw it because, you know, his art's amazing and it suits that book. Uh, for this, like, I, I was looking uh, through portfolios and looking online on different sites. And then, like, I must have looked at uh, 
at least 50 different artists until I find somebody that, you know, I, I look at the art and, okay, that'd be cool, you know, to tell yeah. the story. It has to be suitable. Uh, the guy who drew Rabbit as well, it was the same guy who drew all 80 pages. And, um, you know, but with this, I wanted somebody else. And the style is uh, really cool, what she's done. I'm working with a, a, an Italian lady called uh, Camilla, and she's she's really doing an awesome job on the book, you know, so I'm really, really happy with it. Nice. Yeah. nice. And I guess you get to sort of vary that style, being able to work with different artists and, like you say, get find styles that fit with the type of story you're trying to tell. Yeah, and that's the exciting part. It's like when I say, you know, if you're going to do different books and you always work with the same artist, your books are going to look the same. You know, uh, but if you're going to make, it's like when you make a film, you don't want your comedy to look like your horror. So Rabbit, my first book was, uh, it was, it was more cartoony. And people often say Rabbit looks a lot like uh, Biker Mice from Mars, you know, like. uh, I I, I love that show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a lot like. You know, maybe it's a bit like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles meets mm. uh, The Punisher. And then Sarah Sorcery was like Sabrina meets Harry Potter meets like, I don't know, Asia, uh, some Japanese horror manga, you know, but it's very light. Sarah Sorcery is very light. It's very age appropriate. Like I've got kids. I got an email from like an eight-year-old who said, oh, it's the greatest book I've ever read. I was like, oh, wow. thank you. <laughs> you know, it was really nice. <laughs> You know, uh, and that one's more aimed at children. Whereas this new book, I wouldn't, I would say it's for anybody above 15 because it's going to be very violent and uh, the language won't be as wholesome as uh, (laughs) Sarah Sorcery. So you want the art to look different to reflect the story and the genre, you know, and to, so it could stand on its own. But like I said, if I make more, Sarah Sorcery, I would hire the guy who did Sarah Sorcery, you know, but with this... uh, Continuity within a story. Yeah, absolutely. But with this, I'm very happy with the artist that I've got, um, you know, and she's doing an amazing job. Yeah. Who would be your, like, your dream collaboration, like, uh, if if you can take any uh, artists to work with? Oh, man. Uh, Growing up, I loved, I always loved Jim Lee. That would be a good question. <laughs> yeah, I love Jim Lee, you know, but he's the biggest, you know, he's the biggest there is, you know, but I, I like I said, I grew up with the X-Men uh, from the 90s, so that's what he drew. And then uh, Batman, like I love the way he draws Batman, you know, just amazing stuff. Um, uh, oh, who else? I would have liked George Perez, but yeah, George Perez, uh, he's unfortunately uh, really sick now. And um, I think he's got terminal cancer, but like his, he's amazing work. Amazing. Like that guy is uh, a legend, you know, mm. is there anyone else that I would. I mean, you've got well, some names already. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Lee, uh, George Perez. Yeah. Those guys. Awesome. Yeah. Right, so before we uh, end for this interview, because you are both a filmmaker and a comic book creator, uh, I thought mm. I'd ask you for 
your opinion on the comic book films that are out at the moment. Yeah. What do you think of like the current state of comic book films or TV um, as well? And do you have any any favorites, whether recent or older entries? Well, I I, I loved um, Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. And then, sort of after that, I felt like you know that was such a climax. And I'm sure Marvel are probably building up to another great thing like that. But I loved No Way Home, That's Toby cool. Maguire, having him back, man. That was like, oh, I'm- uh, yeah, just seeing it makes me hope and wish that Toby Maguire is going to be in uh, Multiverse of Madness. I mean, how can he not be? Because Sam Raimi is directing that, and he directed like obviously the uh, the yeah. Toby Maguire Spider Man. Yeah. So if I if I was in charge, like I fantasize about being in charge of which movies get made. <laughs> like I would love to for Sony to say, okay, we're going to give Andrew Garfield Spider Man Four, and we're going to um, Amazing Spider Man Three, and we're going to give uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man Four, and in their own universes, and like they were, and we're going to release them over the next couple of years. Oh, you know, goodness. I would love that. I would say like because so. Spider-Man, so Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man 1 and 2, really enjoyed, did not like yeah. Spider-Man 3, just... No, it was too much going on, obviously, and it was a bit yeah. weird with, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff, but that second one, yeah, Spider-Man... That second one, yeah, that was good, oh. that was great, and yeah. um, so seeing Tobey Maguire in uh, No Way Home, you know, <laughs> for me, like, it was like redeeming the character, because I, I loved his his energy, in that yeah. film, just the because they had the you know the, the three Spider Men as three different stages of life, kind of, and he was yes. older, wiser. I'm just like comfortable in myself. And there's a moment one of the Andrew Garfield sort of asked him because when Tobey Maguire comes, he's in his like normal street clothes, so he's like, Yeah, do you even have your Spider Man suit? And he just gives like a little, like, It's right here. My favorite moments, like, don't worry, I'm prepared. I'm I'm ready for this. So, yeah, Yeah. no, Tobey Maguire, I I loved his energy in that. And I loved um, Shang-Chi. A lot of people didn't like it, but, you know, I love films. And I've got got, uh, his first appearance in comics as well, like uh, the first appearance of Shang-Chi. And uh, I love the fact that it shot up in value since that movie came out. Mm. So, (laughs) and... um, yeah, I like that. And is there anything else? Is Eternal was entertaining. I don't think it was great for me. But how about you? Did you like that movie? You know, what? so so all those three films we've we've talked about in our podcast, um, mm-hmm. and Eternals was the one where there was most conflict, basically, yeah. a diverse range of opinions. So uh, our uh, podcast co-host Tazzy, um, she is someone who who loves to love things, so she really enjoyed it. Um, we had three other guests who were like who know their comics one works in um mega city comics in camden and the other yeah. two have a podcast about comics so they know their their stuff they know the sort of jack kirby uh, original we, we read um, you know when you said if i could have a dream artist it'd yeah. be jack kirby, kirby but obviously he passed away yeah the, jack kirby i've got a book on his and like mm. that guy is amazing yeah, yeah sorry go ahead so so very like uh, strong opinions they didn't like it <laughs> they yeah. did not, uh, and I was kind of like somewhere in the middle I I appreciate that I liked it was I liked that it was different but I saw where certain areas didn't work as a 
single film and mm. it kind of went kind of went against some of the stuff that Marvel had done previously where they'd taken time to set up new characters before doing like an ensemble piece whereas yeah. this one we started off with multiple new ones and that's just because mm. of the source material I, I understood that but the the downside to that is like what nine new characters that I don't have a yeah. connection with like like I have with Iron Man Captain America Thor all that and now I'm supposed mm. to care about their story so yeah it's, it's a tough one but I, I enjoyed the film but I just didn't feel the same way as like previous centuries but to your point about sort of end game like infinity war end game being such a high and then we're kind of like on a like sort of revving that back up um so i feel a lot of people are quite down on on the mcu but i'm like i until i'm you know shown otherwise i trust the people that went from iron man yeah to end game to do something Again, not, sure look. Uh, what's the last one that was released, and that that was No Way Home, no and way that home. was No Way Home is on the level of Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. You know, for me, I love. Yeah. It was amazing, and then uh, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to love Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I, 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 I look. I, I like all superhero movies. We're very spoiled now. Like uh, mm-hmm. Venom, even sure. even Venom Two that came out. You know, I don't think it was great, but it's entertaining. Mm. I, if I Morbius, I would like to see, uh, and also the Batman I hear is great. I, I, I have my reservations about, uh, obviously Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Yeah. 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 Cause I love Ben Affleck's Batman. I, I did love his portrayal and I wish that that movie came out that they were going to make where he's like, uh, the, the movie that was intended was him versus Deathstroke. And Deathstroke is like, Mm one of my favorites as well, you know, like amazing character. So it, it would have been so dark and gritty and the action scenes in the, look, Zack Snyder's movies have, might have a lot of issues. Uh, yeah. But the, the action scenes with Batman are some of the best, like that warehouse scene where he goes in and the, 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 the bat wing or whatever flies in and he's like yeah, flying he through the floor. And, those moments, oh, it's amazing. Those, yeah, there's moments of action. Yeah, he, he does know how to do that. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've run out of time, but oh, man. You know, we might have to get you back on the podcast and onto one of the, the Marvel films so we can do a deep dive um, with Tazzy as well. So Anytime, uh, man. I, I really enjoy uh, talk about this stuff for hours. Yeah. So, yeah. So do we. So we do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do every couple of weeks. Um, but cool. for this conversation, Marius, thank you for joining us and letting us know a bit more about your journey uh, and how you make the the comics, the art that you make. Awesome. Thank you for having me, man. And uh, it's uh, been a pleasure. Yeah. And for people watching live or people watching this later, you can see Marius's uh, Twitter, Instagram, in the overlay. We'll put the links in the description when we put the highlights on YouTube uh, as well. Um, and then you can catch us. So we make comics as well. MyMatter.com. You can check out our universe of stories. For those who are into their video games, we have our Gamepad event. And the next one is coming up on Saturday, the 9th of April. And then we also have our uh, video game campaign, Do I Look Like a Gamer? Uh, we've got event plans and different activities planned for that bunch of announcements to come over the coming weeks so you can follow us on social media uh, we are at my on twitter at my tv on instagram and tiktok and then you can find us on twitch uh, as well 
So yeah, adding our podcast is Story X Story, where we discuss stories across pop culture, uh, plus give you advice on creating your own. So you can catch that on Thursdays, uh, and maybe we'll get Marius on one of those episodes uh, as well. So stay tuned. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've been your host, Nigel. Uh, this has been another episode of Casual Conversations with Comic Creators, and we will see you again next month. Take care, everyone.